And good afternoon. It's another episode of the Gary and Mark Show. I'm Gary. And I'm Mark. And we're coming to you, not live, but we are alive. We are, and we're glad to be alive. And where are we alive at today, we Gary? We are alive at Oscar Blues Brewery, technically in the town of Pisgah Forest, outside of Brevard, North Carolina. And we are outside at a picnic table with a pear tree nearby and the sun is shining that's right we are not on a deck we're not on a deck uh and it's we have a reason to be outside today we do and we should point out because we hadn't thought about this this is episode 18 or 19 and every one of them has been at a tap room or a brewery yes but we don't want people to think that's all we do. No. We're a serious program. We are. And so we have a guest today with us. Yes, we do. We don't always have a guest. No, we don't. So we want to say today, welcome to Perry Jones. And uh, people probably, actually, are, there are a lot of people here. There are. Dogs, clapping. people. Can you hold it down? Children, okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. you want to t- explain well, why it, she's here? Perry Jones is here to talk about a wonderful program that's in the school, some of the schools. This program is called Muddy Sneakers, and it gets kids outside and teaches, I think, the to the basic standard core of science, but kids learning outside instead of cooped up in a classroom. That's right. And so... Perry, what were your what's your role with Muddy Sneakers? Well, it's good to be here. Um, Muddy well, Sneakers. Um, Most I, people don't say that. <laughs> yeah. It's very good to be here, um, especially on the fresh air on this beautiful autumn day. Yep, it's um, gorgeous. I wish your listeners could see what I see, which is all kinds of fall colors all around us. And you know, um, we have listeners from all over the country and world. We think we we know because of our little stats. But yeah, explain where we are in. Even in the state, they don't even, we didn't say what state we're from. So he said sure. Pisgah Forest. But, so uh, we are in Western North Carolina, um, close to Brevard, um, as Mark mentioned. And we are, or Gary mentioned, excuse me. Um, we look the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, um, so Muddy Sneakers has two field offices. We have one here in Brevard that serves all of Western North Carolina. We are in 11 counties in Western North Carolina. And then we have a field office in Salisbury, which is in central North Carolina, outside of Charlotte. And that serves an additional six counties um, in the Piedmont. And we are continuing to grow. So we just add to that number. So right now we are in 18 counties in North Carolina and growing and counting. We are still talking to some schools for this school year in the Piedmont um, and maybe another school here in Western North Carolina um, that might have a delayed or or mid-year start. So right now we're talking in October, but hopefully by January we'll have a couple other counties to add onto that list. And can a school start the program in January or do you have to wait to the next year? Usually wait until the next year. Sometimes we have exceptions for one reason or another, but um, but yeah, it's it's incredible to be part of an organization that's growing so quickly. And so Gary is very familiar with Muddy Sneakers because he was actually on the board. I was on the board for a few years back in the, I think, I can't remember his 06 or uh, maybe 05, something for about 10 years, I think. But when I came on board, you know, there was one school. The pilot school, I think, was Brevard 
elementary. elementary yeah. And that David Williams was the principal. David Williams, mother and father started uh, Camp High Rocks. So David got the the idea getting kids outside to learn. He knew that, and I, and so I think that was the pilot program was. They did both, I think, fifth grade, and he tried seventh grade too. But it it sounds like fifth grade is the great target to get them when they're young and receptive. Oh yeah, and we we found so Muddy Sneakers did try with eighth grade for okay. about two years, and actually just the other day I spoke to a woman in a cafe here in Brevard, and she said. I was wearing my Muddy Sneakers sweater, and she said, oh, I was cheated out of my Muddy Sneakers experience. And it was so sad to hear that because she had been so excited. But by the time she got to eighth grade, the program had learned a lesson that um, the program looks very different in middle school, as do children look very different in middle school and act and behave differently than they do in elementary school. So we Muddy Sneakers programs exclusively with fifth graders and we partner with public elementary schools. So we do have some charter schools that partner with us, but those are also public. So we're in both traditional and charter public schools. Right. And now I can say, you know, truly all across North Carolina. But we do, we, we think of fifth grade as this um, golden time of age, this golden age in education, um, a time when they have that childlike wonder and they're not quite at that stage where they're looking at each other of what's cool and what's uh, embarrassing yeah. or you know um i think fifth grade was my high point <laughs> yeah well and much. that's the grade i taught for most of my years and also taught eighth grade and i can tell you you're absolutely right so if any of my former students are listening hey i don't you eighth graders were good but the fifth graders were always great so yeah. it's it's a smart move i think but they still have that but they're also old enough to pay attention outside and to be safe and to learn how to conduct an experiment outside and how to listen to directions um, in a way that's conducive to outdoor learning yeah. so um, muddy sneakers i can tell you a little bit about my program i just realized our program i just realized i never answered your question my role with muddy sneakers so long ago is, i forgot what my question was <laughs> oh your role yeah, that's is right. development so i work to bring resources oh, okay. for muddy sneakers so that we can continue to offer our program to public schools and so that we can continue to grow to reach new communities. Um, so we have grown, like I said, enormous amounts in the past several years, opening up a second field office and accessing a whole new population of students that otherwise don't have the opportunity during the school day, especially to get outside. Um, but here in Western North Carolina, I mean, we've just taken off um, and we have so much interest from people who want um, from teachers and and principals and also superintendents and community members just interested folks who'd say I want my local the children in my local area to appreciate where they live I mean we're talking about what I'm looking at here and it's an incredibly I mean it's breathtaking in terms of the natural resources that we have here I mean we've got Pisgah National Forest on the horizon um, some in incredibly uh, we've got a great array here in Western North Carolina of protected green spaces. And you have children who are from all across the world and the country who flock to Western North Carolina, especially for camp. And then, um, but the kids who grow up here may have Pisgah National Forest or Gorges or DuPont um, or any of the other lands that we program in, in their backyard and they never 
get out to them. They don't even know they're there. That was David Williams' contention back when it began, mm-hmm. that there were kids in the Brevard grade school there that had never been to Pisgah Forest. Mm-hmm. And I remember the, the first executive director, Laura Negrella, talking about taking a group of they are leading a learning expedition out in DuPont. And I think they were going up uh, that kind of exfoliated granite rock. Oh, is it Big Rock Trail? Mm, Whatever. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, it it's like a little mini looking glass in a way, a little lower angle. But so you got all this granite and then trees and this, you know, one kid just looking at this and go, who made this? Mm. And they just had no... Frame of reference. They have no familiarity. I mean, it's... Um, it really is for many of our students the first time they've been on a hike. That's amazing. And they're 10, you know, they're 9, 10, 11 years old in fifth yeah. grade. And I actually just spent the day out in the field yesterday. Um, we had some community supporters who wanted to see us in action. So I welcome any listeners who want to come out and see our program. Please give us a call because when you see it happen, you realize that these children almost belong outside and they're natural scientists they're natural explorers and when they are outside it's they they are incredibly adaptive as well that even though they're maybe uncomfortable or unfamiliar the first expedition or two almost immediately you see those eyes you know get wide and they're asking all kinds of questions and we so we have a, a team of field instructors that are highly trained and they're they're all educators they have experiential education um, backgrounds and some of them are naturalists and some of them are former school teachers um, but we offer continual education for them um, and trainings but they blow me away in how well they can manage a group of fifth graders outside and then um, encourage them to trust their own sense of inquiry so yesterday our, one of our instructors Molly just always affirming in them that you're scientists, you're scientists. And you see a point of pride in their faces. It's really uh, incredible to see young female and male students who uh, maybe not so confident in their ability to, uh, or their academic you know, efficacy or their science um, academic abilities and then they come out and they realize oh this is what that meant in that book or this is what that thing in a two-dimensional space may be hard to understand but when i see it outside you know i'm actually witnessing these natural processes so yesterday the topic so as gary said every day is aligned with a topic from the curriculum and yesterday the topic was energy so they're talking about radiation insulation convection conduction and it's a refresher for me too to be honest oh oh <laughs> which when i went on one uh and it was lauren agrella's father who'd been a career weather forecaster when uh we're out on one and i think we were uh what's the land of talking trees in uh, uh, the state home forest, state forest. Yeah. we're home state forest and it's like okay What's Newton's second law of whatever? And I'm like, over there, don't call on me, don't call on me, don't call on me. But I I can back up what Perry's saying about the excitement because I've at the Lake Lure School, I took pictures for them for Facebook and whatever, and I would go on their first real day out in the woods. So not when the 
teacher first came to the classroom, the muddy mm -hmm. sneakers person, but their first real day out. And it was like Christmas every time. They yeah. were so excited to get out. Oh, you feel it when the school bus pulls up. So for your listeners to imagine that you know, at the trailhead, you usually have like a gravel parking lot. And we have certain requirements for some of our sites. You need to be able to pull a school bus in. But they pull in the school bus, the doors open, these children are, you know, they're wearing their backpacks and hopefully are geared up for a colder morning or something. But they stream out and we we gather them for an opening circle. So whether it's a small school of 40 or a big school of 100, whatever it is, um, you feel it. You feel it buzzing in the air. Um, then and it, we say, you know, it's not a field trip. This is an expedition. This is a learning expedition. Learning, I love that name, and, learning expedition. And every Muddy Sneakers Day, you yeah. know, starts out with our three priorities, which is safety, learning, and having fun. And you can't have one without the other. You have to be safe in order to learn, and you have to, and that allows us to have fun. Well, one of those learning experiences that I heard the first day I went and took pictures, and I wish I had taken the guy's advice. I don't remember his name, but he was telling the kids, if you have to go to the bathroom in the woods, here's how you do it. And he sat down and went through this whole procedure. And he got to this point about if you had to, like, do number two. Can I say that on the air, Gary? Oh, yeah, I think you did. I did. Okay. <laughs> Something about you. He takes his pants off one side, slides them over the other side. Well, I, I should have listened to that lesson because I was on Roan Mountain not too long ago. And I won't get into any details, but I would have been better off have I paid attention and followed that guy's you instructions. Maybe look at Andrew Skirka's uh, YouTube video. On, uh, <laughs> what is that about? Well, he's a long distance hiker. And okay. He goes into detail. Some All right. good resource sharing. Yeah, I go. need to. And you know, speaking <laughs> yeah, of that. It's important. Right now, before we forget it, because we often get to the end, we get flabbergasted or sure. something. What is the Muddy Sneakers website so people can yes, find that? Yes, thank you. Our Muddy Sneakers website is www.muddysneakers.org. That's pretty easy. Yeah. Dot org. Dot O-R-G. Yeah. Yes. So check that out. We'll put that on, on the website and Thank in you. the show notes. Just we'll, we'll say that again at the end, but before we forget it, we often do. <laughs> so the school signs up, mm -hmm. and they do have to pay. So somebody, they're raising money. Some people raise money and donate so the schools have a mm -hmm. assistance or whatever. But So what, how does the procedure work? I mean, they go so many... I mean, you find places for them to go? We do. So Muddy Sneakers, that's a that's a great sort of set of questions there. So we've got um, our funding model for our program. 25% of our cost is provided by the school. So we privately fundraise 75% of wow. the, the cost of programming. And we do that for two reasons. The first is to keep the cost of programming affordable for schools. And then some people ask, well, then why not just have it free for schools? And we have had certain schools um, that for one reason or another haven't had to pay. You know, either they have a private donor pay their side or whatnot. And we encourage schools to be creative in how they, um, and how they, they fundraise for Muddy Sneakers for our program. Um, but having that effort really means that they have more skin in the game, that they are committed in a different way to seeing the program succeed in the school, that they're, we've seen just, I mean, it's been 12 years that Muddy Sneakers has been programming in the state, and um, you have a higher likelihood of feedback and sort of course adjustments along the way to ensure that the students and the teachers and the school in general is having the best possible experience. So um, those are the, that's the two reasons we, we have sort of that 25-75 model. 
And that's my, my work is to help raise that 75%. So for every school we take on, we have to, you know, we rely on the private support of the community to make sure we can keep providing that program to their local school. Um, and to answer your other question, our model is really a very different model compared to other environmental education programs or um, experiential ed, especially in the outdoor science world. A lot of, um, or many nonprofits or organizations are campus-based, so site-based. So schools will go to a specific place and have a day of learning. Um, and that's, that's common, especially here in Western North Carolina and other parts of the state, you know, that exists as well. One of the founding purposes of Muddy Sneakers, and those programs are all benef very beneficial, of course, like we support that work. But one of the, the founding principles of Muddy Sneakers is, again, to introduce the children growing up in these places to the rich the richness of the natural world around them. Their own backyard. Their own backyard. Yeah. So the Muddy Sneakers mission is to awaken in children a deeply felt connection with the natural world. One that inspires curiosity, stimulates learning, and brings new life to classroom performance. So we focus really intentionally on that science learning and also help to can bring new life to the classroom. So we want teachers to feel the benefits of it too, so that in the class after an expedition, they can refer back to the experiments, to the vocabulary. Um, you know, each student has a Muddy Sneakers journal that we provide them that has pages for them to record their experiments and different um, resources in there that align to each of our topics. So we're providing resources for success in the classroom, but also really wanting these um, local children to grow up with a sense of place. And these days, and I don't know how long it's been the case, but my, my sense is that many people can grow up sort of living the same existence no matter where you are. You know, you, can, uh, you wake up, you drive to school or work, you maybe drive to the same box stores, you might eat at the same places, all these sort of the chain franchising kind of environment that we live in. It can be very indoor, very stimulating with our technology. And getting outside can be very countercultural, but it also introduces people to what makes my space and my place unique. And here in Western North Carolina, one of the reasons, again, that Muddy Sneakers was founded was because there was the fear that a whole generation would grow up not appreciating or knowing what was around them. And so the founders of some of the people, people that we were talking about before recording, um, they read a book by Richard Louvre called yes. Last Child in the Woods. That was the, that's what really seemed to yeah. get this thing going. When in, in it, not just addressing the symptoms, but addressing the causes. And one of yeah. the, the root causes, I think, of this sort of lost generation from the outdoors, um, which includes, you know, my generation, my parents' generation too, many have been sort of skipped over um, in being introduced to the outdoors but more so today, I think, than ever before, um, is the, to, to address the cause of, in order to care about a place, you need to experience it. Mm -hmm. And so how, what better way to introduce as many children as possible than working with the public schools? And so each school we work with is a microcosm of the community. And we see indirect benefits all over the place. We research, we've worked, we partner with NC State to study the impacts of our program. But we also hear all this fabulous anecdotal evidence, too, of our um, the be indirect benefits. You know, kids going home and saying, Mom, Dad, I just went to this place. Did you know that 
gorgeous state park was around the corner from our house or you know kids growing up in Rosman just over here or out in Franklin you know Western North Carolina or outside Salisbury or in you know Cumberland County they say they didn't even know that there was a, a nature reserve or a nature preserve over here and then they say I have to take you there and show you this cool thing I saw um, and they end up taking their bigger little sister out and they end up taking their mom or dad or grandparent and um, and hopefully Muddy Sneakers can be a part, not the only thing, but a part of yeah. an effort to get more people outside. <clears throat> I love that uh, video on your website of this kid, I think it was at Brevard, whatever, but anyhow, he runs home and the mom says, you want to play video games, whatever, says no, he goes in the closet and finds his hand lens and whatever and takes his little brother out and they start looking at things because yeah. yeah. he learned that at Muddy Sneakers. And juxtaposed from the beginning of the video when it's, um, you know, do you want to play before? And it right. was video games. Mm -hmm. And that is so true. Yeah. We, I run a, still run a little summer travel program, winding it down. But we started about six years ago not allowing them to bring their mm -hmm. phones and stuff. And it's made a big difference because some of them cannot entertain themselves without something electronic in front of them. Yeah. And, you know, we're, on, we're out on the trails and we see people mountain biking oh, or yeah. with their kayaks. And some of these students have never... Uh, you know, considered outdoor recreation. So you never know what some of the indirect benefits right. are of just witnessing it. So when you go to a school, back to that yes. earlier question, yes, yes, yes. and you go like five times or so? Minimum of six. Minimum of six. So that's another thing that sets us apart in some ways is that we are not just a one-off, that we are committed to offering, you know, different sites too. So they don't just see one gonna, place, thought, they I see multiple different changed, places. Yes. Yep. So we try to bring them to as many different sites around their school and um, always a uh, never more than about 30 miles from their school too. So a, it's local. They don't have a long commute to get there. We try to keep it as you know accessible as possible for schools. Um, and then having six, at least six expeditions with us means that they a hit as many topics as possible, b as many sites, and they get a diversity of instructors as well. So um, we have our 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 group of instructors, but it doesn't mean they have the same instructor every time. Okay. So you, you might have a young female student who sees a female instructor and thinks, oh, might be one of the first female scientists or someone in the outdoor world that that student has seen, and you never know what that kind of example can provide for somebody. And I, I think I read or seen things around you also have a summer program now we do we do here in western north carolina we have a camp called camp muddy sneakers and it's based out of reeb ranch which is uh right outside dupont state recreational forest and we um it's a day camp it's a day camp and this year we've expanded the ages so now we work with kids from ages four through 14. really and we have different groups. They're not all together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very different needs. But have you had 14-year-olds in it? Or is that coming? Yes, we have. So how was their reaction? Oh, it was fabulous. Oh, just absolutely fantastic. They, um, the older kids get to go um, on these adventures. And so they're not, they're not going to stay at Rebranch. That's sort of our home base for that age group. The other kids sort of stick around that area or in DuPont. You've been there, Gary? Rebranch. I have interesting history on Rebranch. <laughs> That, of course, originally was a dairy. And uh, oh. Rebranch, well, you got that big three-story barn. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I spent 35 years working for a company called Diamond Brand. Oh, yeah. Well, Diamond Brand's, uh, the son of the founder, David Kemp, moved 
down here in 1942 to open a little sewing factory over in near Fletcher. I'd say Naples, but people think I'm talking about Florida. <laughs> Dave Kemp bought that farm because his he was interested. He was sewing. I mean, they were doing stuff for the military, World War II, but he was interested in growing a dairy herd. So he owned that farm. He designed that three-story barn that was built by German prisoners of war during World War II. And Dave's son, his surviving son, the one who didn't go into the business, Bernie Kemp, who is alive and quite sharp at age 91, told me that barn never did work the way it was supposed to. But Bernie lived out there in the late 40s, worked for his father. But I have, so my connection to re, it's interesting, yeah, re-branching. Now, I, I have seen that, now that you yeah. say that, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's it's a beautiful space, and it's got lots of nice uh, sort of natural features there. Yeah. So the stu- so the campers, I'm so used to saying students, yeah. the campers can you know see like a st- we do some aquatic studies with them. Um, they get to sort of play. The little kids get to you know run around in the fields, but we get to take them into the woods and yeah. and sort of offer that muddy sneakers experience that fifth graders get during the school year to a wider age range, mm-hmm. and our instructors. Um, can work during the summer and off, also offer more of like a naturalist experience for them too. So these kids are out there, you know, learning about species and um, really getting some science uh, knowledge, but we kind of trick them into it, right? Like they, they don't know they're learning. They're out there at yeah. camp and they're having fun and playing games and doing activities. But most of the games in the backgrounds that are, you know, that our instructors have are all for the purpose of pointing them toward science uh, and learning. and. One of the things our one one of our instructors says, you know, children are natural scientists. They're always experimenting. You know, I've got a one year old and she's already a scientist. <laughs> you know, you always looking for my reaction or what's mom gonna do and um, I I think that never leaves us. It just changes. Um, so no matter how old you are, you're always experimenting and observing and learning and hopefully that spark of inquiry you know is is lit in you at a young age uh fostered through programs like muddy sneakers and other you know engaging uh educational opportunities um and then foster throughout your life you know i think that's something i know i've had you know from camp and um some really excellent educators and family members who encourage that and i think it's Part of our goal is to light that spark if it hasn't been lit or to keep it keep it going um, so that kids can enter into middle school with a confidence. Um, so I said I was out in the field yesterday and I had an, an incredible experience. It's just a beautiful time of year. Um, one of the things that we do is a silent hike. And so outside of you know our experiments and the activities that we do, I mean, we take them out into the woods and something that we've heard from students and teachers alike is that this is a very different school day because it is a school day we call it our outdoor classroom but it's an opportunity for the students to have some peace and quiet and to be outside and so how can we build on that so we offer them a chance for a silent hike and so a student you know our instructor goes first we always have an adult chaperone at the end make sure they're all sort of contained and we've got you know, they give each other buffer space. So one student goes, and when they hit a certain spot, they raise a hand, and the next student goes all the way, you know, one after the other. And they remain silent, and they walk for about five full minutes. Wow, yeah. And 
it may be the only time of their day that they have where it's and then at the end we ask them how that make you feel and we write it down and we sort of describe you know you can find this anywhere and yeah. they use the words like soothing peaceful calm quiet silent um, and then how does it make you feel to be silent and calm and peaceful and he said, I never get this at home. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I can hear myself or I can listen to the, to nature. And, um, and then our instructors often point them to, well, if you don't have a, you know, a backyard like this, you don't live in the woods, where can you find this? And they start to think about ways to incorporate nature outside of this kind of sort of facilitated experience. Um, so that's another thing that I love that we provide is this sense of solace and a sense of comfort in the in nature so that hopefully that can stay with them in their life if they you know hit adversity that they can have that there's acknowledge that they're surrounded by places to go to be peaceful and calm i think one of the best things the program does is the children are doing this they're walking Yes. And walking You're getting physically is active. something, yeah. hey, I'm 70, I did walk to school. It was not uphill both ways. but I, I did. bet. Mm-hmm. But, in the snow? But, <laughs> yes, in the summer because right. we couldn't afford good weather. No, we, but but just the connectivity, you know, I, I had as a kid, I could walk to the school. I could walk to the, the woods where, that were undeveloped. I could walk mm. to my buddy's houses the neighborhoods you didn't get in the pod and get driven somewhere i mean we had that but just that to be able to walk somewhere to me is it it gives you a lot of power i can he still walks down his neighborhood well when you can't walk i had hip replacement you weren't supposed to say that gary almost a year ago but when i couldn't walk (laughs) and then I could again. What a value to be able to walk and to and, appreciate it, and to appreciate it, and and it's something yeah. we need to keep doing, mm-hmm. or you know. And for some of our students to start doing, yes, right. <laughs> so, Perry, did you have a background? Did you go to summer camp as a? I did. I went to summer camp out in Colorado. Well, which one? Uh, Chile camp. I know that Oh, camp. yeah. That's been going a Chile, long Colorado time. Camps. Chile, Colorado camps. I can't yeah. tell you. I would do recruitment for them. I just believe in that world so strongly. It really shaped who I am today. I mean, not only is well, it extremely outdoor active, you know, we did backpacking, hiking. There's something for everybody. You don't have to be a, you know, physically fit when you get there, but you feel inspired to get outside and you have the whole Rocky Mountain National Park is your playground. And so in my world, you know, the national park system, state park system, these public lands have really shaped my outdoor experience and it's a vital part of communities and um, but at camp not only was it active but it was based on a code of living that's a community agreement, and that's something that Chile does really well. Here I am. This is not a paid advertisement. No, well, we <laughs> both this, worked at a summer camp. Yeah. So. This sounds yeah. very similar to Camp Mondamon. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's, and it's it, the, it, it, giving you values yes. as a community that you agree at the very beginning of your temporary community together to live by. It's like a covenant in a way, and yeah. you... Um, and then you care about people and you want to, it built my character. 
It really did. Not that my, I mean, my parents did too, of course. So how long have you been with Muddy Sneakers? About two years. So was it summer camp your idea of? The no, summer day camp? no, no that was camp, going... camp had been running before I got there, but it has changed and grown and right, okay. um, it's thriving now. And, and they're one we, week sessions? One week sessions, uh, day camp again, and for different age groups. And um, if you're in the, the Asheville community, we do have a shuttle that goes from Asheville and brings uh-huh. you down to this area. But we really want to get, you know, more local kids in this, this really, I mean, this place is such, such a bountiful area in terms of nature and what it is incredible if you don't live in western north carolina uh people would be jealous but i am sure people wherever they're hearing this they can find some natural lands nearby i grew up i grew up in new jersey and it's called the garden state i've heard that from a friend of mine (laughs) lj myers i have to say that used to always point that out it's it's the garden Garden State, state and it has beautiful gardens and farms you don't see it when you drive through on like 95 but um i you know we had to seek out some of our green spaces as children and um you know nature is everywhere muddy sneakers also offers for schools a maximum of two but um of the six you can't have two schoolyard expeditions okay so um and so that also offers like a backyard awareness of science and of nature so you don't have to go into a very wild space if you want to find that sense of of you know, curiosity and potential for learning, but also just being alone in nature or finding a quiet place to think, uh, which I think is also countercultural these days in some ways. But just finding a place to be, it can be a patch of grass. You can, you can, some, one child said yesterday, I think I just like to lie in the shade in the grass. And I thought, good for you. Go, mm-hmm. go do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. go find that in your life. So the program is, you say it could be six sessions. Yes. So it would go through the seasons. Yes. So in the winter, they still go out. They go out. We do have a sort of hiatus um, from sort of mid-December when the schools are out for holidays anyway, um, through around the end of January. We found it's also regional. It's not necessarily that long in the Piedmont where it warms up a little bit faster, but up here... And we also, we, you know, it gets very cold up Unpredictable here. Unpredictable weather. Unpredictable. Yeah. We yeah. found a lot of cancellations end up yeah. happening and yeah. we have to reschedule. Um, but we work with children from all kinds of households. You know, in an elementary school, there are a lot more, um, you know, diversity of income levels and whatnot than you may have in high school when some students may split off and go private. It's uh, pretty much, like I said, a microcosm of a community in elementary school. And some of our students just don't have the right gear to be outside in the cold. Right. Mm-hmm. So respecting that, we also you know, we provide some layers. Yesterday, wow. again, you know, our topic was, insu- uh, was sorry, energy. So we're talking insulation. So our instructor said, who needs more insulation? And we have some little gloves and uh, fleeces and um, you know, things to give them to right. sort of some vests because Honestly, there were children in um, shorts yesterday, and it, yeah. was, it was 39 degrees when they got there. Where was that? Not to school, but where were you? That was in Guyon Farms in DuPont. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, which is a beautiful space to go. It was just a, an inc- so many opportunities for classroom, outdoor classrooms out there. So, yeah. uh, do you have something else? Well, I wanted to give a plug. I know you have a film festival. Oh yeah, you coming up, and I'm not sure when our episode's going. This one's probably post. November 11th, but I don't. Well, that's perfect promise. timing for oh, us. So well, yeah, we'll try it. In November 11th, it is. <laughs> <All right. laughs> that's perfect timing. Yes, on November 23rd 
at the Orange Peel in Asheville. Muddy Sneakers is hosting a, um, a night of film and fun. It's the Mountain Film on Tour series. Uh, Muddy Great Sne- series, yeah. It's an incredible series of sort of, you know, adventure, all outdoor oriented, but some, you know, human interest stories as well. And uh, Muddy Sneakers gets to curate our own playlist. A lot of other people who host Mountain Film sort of ascribe to a playlist, but we have a great relationship with them and they know that, you know, as an as a nonprofit too, that we're trying to um, like appeal to a certain audience. This is a big fundraiser for us. Um, so please, we encourage you. Tickets are on sale yeah. right now. You can either go to our website. We've got a pop-up that'll hit you when you go to muddysneakers.org or um, you can find it on Facebook. We've got an event um, or you can go straight to the Orange Peel website. That's good to know. And I guess, uh, I don't know whether we have any listeners with money or not you think gary i don't know i don't know they either. haven't sent it to us <laughs> no, but, that is, but, that it, but is we true. would we prefer, did fur we did get a five dollar donation we did we would we prefer did. they s- to just send it right muddy to muddy sneakers. sneakers so you you are a 501c or whatever so we people are, can yes. make donations yeah. we are yes well we yeah. need to wrap Thank this you. up uh, I can keep talking to you. This is fun. Well, this well, is fun. You are a wonderful uh, 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 person to talk to. Well, I thank mean, you. You, you can tell you 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 live what you love, and uh, I do. You do, and it shows. And if it does. She's I very could hold my microphone up, just uh, you could see. Well, how we'll get, we're going to take a picture before okay. we leave and put it on the website. So, but before we close out, a couple things we do. Number one, I don't know if you know, we have a university. Have you heard about that? I have. Yes. Well, you're in luck. <laughs> right, Gary? Oh, boy. Because <laughs> we keep yeah. looking for new instructors, and we need a new head of our, out, our brand-new outdoor education Yes, program. we do. That goes along well with the bladder bowel control <laughs> training that institute, does, does it not? Yeah, it does. So, well, yes. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a good episode. It's an important part of being outside. And being alive, right? That's true. So, Gary, as I'm running to soundboard here on behalf is going to make of, our official on behalf go ahead gary so uh, gary and mark podcasting university we award to perry hodgkins jones an honorary bs with extra honors you don't have to read the rest no of it. we don't we just want to know you can spread your bs like everybody yeah, else you can this is but but when it comes to the muddy sneakers we'll just say there's no bs there that is true it's all true but but we're, we're not done yet okay. we're not done we also have a resort. Yes, the Rabbit Island Resort. And you get lifetime membership. Yes, you do. And uh, this is a decal for your car you or Muddy Sneakers or your, office or whatever. Or your kid's uh, stroller. That's I'm right. I'm honored. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, everybody says that, and we're, mm. we're glad to hear that. We now have almost more honorary graduates <laughs> honorary, than uh, honorary, real ones, I guess, honorary, than, honorary. that earn degrees. But, well, uh, you know, we just are growing our faculty. It's gotten huge. It's huge. But they're all good and they're all great well people. paid, right? They're all great people. So before we yeah. s- sign off, of course, we want to thank Big Wiz Pocket Buddy. We want to thank Big Wiz, our sponsors, okay. uh, Big Wiz Pocket Buddy, Rabbit uh, Island Resort. And uh, we can't read the rest of the stuff. We uh, uh, like us, share us. That's right. Go yeah. to our website, www.garyandmark.com. Yeah. And we're happy to announce that we are now part of the iHeartRadio network, right. whatever that Congratulations. means. Congratulations. And, of course, we we have fun and do a lot of silly stuff, but this Muddy Sneakers it's, is the real deal, folks. It is. We did not make this up, but we're lucky to even be able to spend time if we spread the word to a few people. That's going to be great. 
Yeah, so don't forget www.muddysneakers.org. Thank Harry, you so much. Thanks so much for being here. And we'll see our listeners in the next episode. Yeah, we will. Quit tapping. I may have to.